Hi, this is James Conner, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The challenges that he went through in college and coming into the league, man, he has, like, unstoppable heart. Gives to Conner up the middle. He's got a crease at the 35 of the 40. Stiff arms, breaks a tackle at the 50. Near side, 45-40. Shoves the defender to the ground. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I bring to the table. I'm going to get to another pro, but I'm going to continue to score touchdowns. I'm going to do all of that and bring this mindset to a team. The mentality to me is kind of what sets him apart. I start waking them boys up. D, do what you do. Wolf and Luke, talk Cardinals. No. Yeah, I'm surprised we managed to make it this long without talking about the running back room. Wolf, uh, Darrell Williams did play on Saturday. He you know, did. Benjamin obviously played. Um, Keontae Ingram, 61 yards on the ground. Ingram, I thought, looked good. He just uh, keeps saying this. He just looks like an NFL running back. Uh, I don't know how 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 far that will take him in terms of like is he going to be an amazing NFL running back in a low but he looks like an NFL running back Keontae Ingram does uh let's start here what did you make of the fact because you you said keep an eye on this last week what did you make of the fact that Darrell Williams even played in this game well um you know I I think yeah I think I didn't I didn't think suddenly it's a boy he's he could be in trouble you know Benjamin played Mm -hmm. after all I think both those guys are here so I think out of necessity, yeah, they wanted to showcase Keontae Ingram, no doubt. But I didn't read too much into it with Darrell Williams, and I thought he acquitted himself very, very well when he played. Yeah, he got in the end zone. Yeah, he got in the end zone. He ran the ball <laughs> very, very thing. hard in between the tackles. This is a guy that he can basically do it all. I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm not saying he's one of the best backs in the National Football League. I'm just saying he's a guy that belongs on the 53. I think the Arizona Cardinals got clarity in the running back room with this pass you think, game. So do you think they are shopping somebody right now, or they're okay cutting one of these guys? Yeah, the, the clarity is this. They're not cutting number 30. Okay. <laughs> they're not cutting Keontae Ingram. Good. good. That, I don't that, want them to cut That Ingram. is the clarity I think they got. Um, I kept, I'm not cutting them. Well, watching that game, I had I had that thought of like, okay, I, I get that. You know, maybe it's not logical to keep five running backs. I'm not saying you keep five. I just watching the game. I was like, I don't want to cut Keontae Ingram. I don't want to hear on Tuesday the Cardinals let Keontae Ingram go because I don't think he's making it to your practice squad. There if you, you do. go. Now, what I will say, I agree with, with that, Luke. Is is there a lot of these like projected cuts that are out there? There are a lot of like I saw Miles Gaskin's name projected somewhere as a potential cut. Like I don't. Okay, do I think that's going to happen? No, probably not. But there are going to be some bigger name running backs that that are available to teams. But I just, I mean, for a rookie that has only played in three preseason games, and I don't know, he played played at Texas and USC and looked good in both those places. Those are pretty good colleges. I, I think everything you've asked of Keontae Ingram so far to this point in his career. He has done so. I, I just oh, I don't want to let him go. I I love his running style. He can run it. He's got that David Johnson jump cut. Mm-hmm. He's got that jump cut right there, man. I I love that. He's very very patient, especially on the zone reads, the inside zone reads, man. He's very very patient. He put it on numerous times. He literally would would take a hop, skip, and a jump, and wait and see where the hole was, and then put his head down not afraid of contact either no he can run it luke he's powerful i love that he can catch the ball out of the backfield 
And here's the thing right here. That, and I know this This is not going to matter to a lot of people, but to a fullback, a former fullback in the National Football League, he did a great job in blitz pickup. He did a great job. That's going to matter to his quarterback. It's going to matter to his quarterback, Keontae Ingram, not only knowing where to go in blitz pickup, but actually being able to hold up in blitz pickup. And not only that, he was on every special team, man. He holds up in transition. Mm-hmm. He is a solid special teams player. Oh, yeah, you're not cutting 30. If, if you were to cut him, it would be the proverbial numbers game. Hey, okay, we already got James Conner. We just brought in Daryl Williams. Jonathan Ward does all this on special teams, and we're invested in Eno, and he has gotten better. I get that. But I just don't think you can let Keontae Ingram go. I just, you got to find, I don't know if you got to trade one of those other guys. If you got to trade him, I guess. But yeah, I don't think you can just be like, all right, see ya. We just took you in, you know, late in the draft and uh, you did, you probably exceeded everybody's expectations up to this point. Out you go. Now here's Cliff on the Cardinals radio network after the game talking about Ingram. Yeah, that's a deep room. There's going to be some tough discussions, but we, we've been really, really impressed with Key and uh, Mike Jinks, who worked with me at Texas Tech, uh, was at USC last year and he, he was blowing me up on draft day. He's like, hey, this guy is the steal of the draft and you got to take him. And um, I'm glad we did because because he's shown up and, and he's been a force every time he's touched the ball or caught the ball. And, and even the pass pro, he's really come a long way. In. Doesn't yeah. sound like a guy you're going to drop when you're talking. Like it, that. it really doesn't. It does not. So who does that mean is gone? Who Who is that? Because once again, you're not keeping five running backs. You're not David Pash. You're not keeping five backs. And if you do, somehow, some way, <laughs> there's, 50, there's 53 and five of them are running backs. You're working on a trade, and one of those five running backs are in that trade. Well, how, how how hurt is Jonathan Ward? Is there like a, hey, Jonathan, you're not active the first few weeks? Is there any sort of like way you can sidestep that? I don't know, and he is a good football player, Jonathan Ward. You're going to be cutting a good football player. Maybe it is Daryl Williams. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. I don't think that is the case. If they're going to cut Daryl Williams, I don't think so, because I think he'd be picked up immediately, and that's great. It's not like they were going to try to put him on the... uh, I think Daryl Williams has value. I don't see them cutting him, but... You know, um, Jonathan Ward is an excellent special teams player. That's the one thing he really has going for him. Yep. And he has acquitted himself well when given the opportunity. Well, and that's the thing. Even if you could sort of sidestep the, the roster restrictions because Jonathan Ward is banged up and you could say, okay, he's starting the season inactive and we're going to keep the other four guys so we, we are keeping all five. At some point, he's coming back. And then what are you doing? Like, you're not going to be able to keep all five of these guys all season. Daryl Williams, too, it's not... It's, this isn't really a situation, Wolf, where if you say, okay, we're moving on from Williams because that'll save us the most money, he's not really costing you anything. Like, you're not, you're not saving money by getting rid of Daryl Williams instead of getting rid of the rookie. So I don't, I don't think that's why they would do it. I think it's going to be a matter of who can help them the most in week one. Can you imagine them not keeping Daryl Williams? They're playing his former team in week one, and he put up a thousand yards for them last year. Yes, combined a thousand yards. No, still though, you, still a thousand yards. You're doing something when you do that. So, I think the Arizona Cardinals know what they got. They're going to keep four, and unfortunately, if I had to guess, I think Jonathan Ward might be on the outside looking in. 
He hasn't done anything wrong either. No, he hasn't, <laughs> except get hurt. Uh, Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, are heading to Auction Pavilion September 10th. Limited tickets are available, but you can win a pair now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. Wolf is probably heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com right now. All right, we come back. Could there be any surprises on the Cardinals' 53-man roster? We'll throw a few names out there next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Cliff Kingsbury, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. On the jog! Let's go! Cliff grinds. Like, he is here in this building all the time. Like, 4 a.m. Unbelievable coach. Great guy. He's not facing the same scrutiny. That pretty boy football they try to tag us with so many years ago. Doesn't really talk much. Just kind of talks what he wants. And guys want to play for guys like that. You're only good as your last session. Wolf and Luke. Talk Cardinals. Now. All right, well, before we get into uh, roster decisions, I feel like I have to update that Marcus Golden tweet, okay? Okay, good, because I have something I have to say, too. Oh, okay. Is it about Marcus Golden? No, I just cannot stand that, that pretty boy football. If I was on that football team, and that's what people were saying about us, seriously, tell me you wouldn't take the 15-yard penalty. <laughs> tell me you wouldn't go ahead. <laughs> Start every game. Just get ejected. <laughs> That would be really irritating as a player if you were labeled with that because of... And, I mean, Cliff doesn't even really coach like it's pretty boy football. That was that was. I, a, I want them to, to to totally take that to heart and say, "Yeah, that's right. Here it comes." You think you think so, don't you? Watch this, and you know what? Pay it off. Do something about it. Do something about it if you don't like it. Okay, I'm done. All right, this was. I I agree with you for the record, and it sounds like they are still thinking about it because that was. I think that moniker followed him from college. That really hasn't been the case in the NFL, but whatever. Yeah, if you're a player on the team. If like, you don't like it, do something about it. Uh, Marcus Golden tweeted out right before our show today, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. All right, so good luck trying to figure out what that means. I mean, okay. I think we can all piece together. We haven't seen Marcus Golden on the field in almost a full month now. Yeah. Guess who replied to Marcus Golden? Okay, wait a minute. Um, is it the person you told me? Yeah. <laughs> Not so beautiful part of the program? <laughs> that, that, was, okay, that, so. that was more for the listeners to guess who, because okay, I did good. tell you who replied. I, I gave you the pause. Larry Fitzgerald Larry replied to Marcus Fitzy. Golden. What did Fitzy say? He said, your time's coming, bro. Stay the course. Oh. Three exclamation points. Okay. I'm not a big exclamation point guy. Can I, can I, somebody give me Larry. Can we, Maloney, will you call Larry right now? He's probably not talking to you. Want to send me the contact? (laughs) To see if Fitzy will actually call in. Can I just talk to you, I will have no shame. I will text him. I will call him. (laughs) I'm just saying, Fitzy, define that, please. Stay the course. Big West Virginia pit game coming up this week. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, did you book him yet? (laughs) Why don't you guys remind me of this? I have been. Okay, great. All right, it's Monday. I mean, he was in Nashville. Maybe the Halloweeny has been like every day, not just on Friday, not just one. Every day is Friday in Nashville. Stop it. Okay. Um... Listen, Fitzy, right now, define that. Stay the course. What do you mean by that, Lair? What do you mean? Stay the course? Where he's holding in, apparently. I, I stay the have course. to assume that's what this or is, Or right? is it stay the course where, look it, your time is coming. Hang in there. Okay, they're going to do something about it. Is that what you're saying? That's Lair? what I think Fitz define is saying. Define it. I don't think Fitz is talking about a hold in. 
but it sure feels like Marcus Golden has been holding in for the past month. It sure does. Now, at, at first, it didn't. But literally, since the day he tweeted out that he was underappreciated, he has not been on the field for the Cardinals. So that's quite the coincidence. It's been, it was four weeks ago today. Uh, all right, to the 53-man roster, everybody's got their projections now. We had our own Tyler Drake in last, uh, that was on Friday. That was going into the preseason game, and he had some interesting stuff to say. I, I tell you, I am looking right now, Wolf, at a 53-man projection, and it's from two days ago. I'm kind of assuming it's from Josh Weinfuss of ESPN. Yeah. That was the team very well. I'm assuming this was before the game, but I don't yeah. know why. They would do it before the game. But here's why I'm assuming it. Have you looked at this? Uh, I have not looked at it. I have my own surprises, but well, this, Josh this, is... This would be quite the surprise. Okay. He, this is not listed as a surprise, but he has them keeping six wide receivers, okay? Okay. Obviously, Hopkins is you know separate from this. Right. He has Hollywood Brown. Yes. A.J. Green. Yes. Rondale Moore. Okay. Antoine Wesley. Ooh. Greg Dortch. Yes. Victor Bolden. No way. So I don't even see Isabella on here unless there's some sort of like moon writing and I have to hold the, uh, oh, the monitor up. Okay. So I'm assuming that's from before the game, right? Well, I don't know if it is uh, before the game or not. Um, maybe he's assuming Andy he's Isabella's assuming gone in a trade. Maybe I should. Maybe that's what he's saying okay. right there. Um, that's a real possibility. That would be a shocker. I would be absolutely dumbfounded. He's got to be assuming trade. I, he's got to be. Yeah, of course. Somebody get me Josh, all right? Get him on the phone. <laughs> we'll get some clarity right there. I, I would say this right now. Trace McSorley. I'm going to start right there. Trace McSorley. Are they going to keep two quarterbacks? Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to cut Trace McSorley and 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 risk the fact that somebody's going to pay? I, I think somebody picks up Trace McSorley. I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. Every time he I throws love it a every pass, time. Every Trace now McSorley. I just think that. That's all I can think of. Yeah, I think you have to keep him because Colt McCoy hasn't done anything the entire preseason. Yeah, no, I I just look at it, and it's not because of Colt. It isn't. Colt McCoy, he's seen it all. He's He knows how to get himself ready to play for a game. He's going to be fine. To me, I'm not worried about that at all. It's just... It's so weird because I know Cliff wants three quarterbacks, right? Cliff likes three quarterbacks. He basically said that. He, he, he said it last year by keeping Chris Trevler, who was nowhere near the NFL quarterback that Trace McSorley Trace is. Trace McSorley has looked really, really good. And then Cliff basically flat out said that a week and a half ago, that he likes to keep three quarterbacks. Sure. So if that's your mindset going into camp, I don't think McSorley's given you any reason to let him go. So I think that's going to be a surprise. That's a surprise right there. Daryl Williams, our own Tyler Drake, was on this thing, man. He was on this thing. Part of the web flower. Oh, my goodness. Here at ArizonaSports.com, all over it. The digital side, Tyler Drake. Suddenly saying, Daryl Williams, remember that? He had his own little 53 right there. And I was, ah, stop it. Stop it, Tyler. <laughs> well, guess what? Daryl Williams was out there, and he was playing, wasn't he? Okay, so was Eno Benjamin as well. Daryl Williams, though. I I don't think Eno Benjamin is going anywhere. I don't think Daryl Williams is going anywhere. I don't. But having said that, would that be a surprise? To me, it would be. Anybody they let go from those five running backs is going to, on some level, surprise me. Now, I will say this, since I have Weinfuss, since I have his 53-man up here, he has them keeping four running backs. James Conner. Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, Jonathan Ward. But he does say in here, 
the quartet of running backs could change at some point depending on Ward's AC joint injury. And then that could be, like I was saying before, a way where they okay. end up keeping Ingram and then Ward's still on the team, but he's not active. Okay, have you answered the question? Was that before the game was played or not? Because if you don't have Keontae Ingram on there... Uh, this just says August 27th. It doesn't give me a time. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, oh, yeah. That's maddening right there. Okay, so Antoine Wesley, Tweezy, is he a possibility to be cut loose? He's hurt, too. Like How many of these guys that are well, hurt can you say, you stay over here on the hurt team? Yeah, I know. Um, that's a possibility. I think that would be a surprise. It certainly would be a surprise to Dave Pash. Um, okay. As I'm continuing to throw David under the bus. Um, and then I, asking him to come on the show. Uh, exactly. Have we gotten any clarity on that? Do we have him coming on yet? Um, <laughs> what about Steven Anderson as the fourth tight end? I don't see that. I don't, would that be a surprise, though? Yes, it would. That would be a surprise. Let me ask you this, though, before you move too far away from receiver, okay? Hopkins doesn't count. So, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. By the way, Rondale Moore didn't play at all in the preseason either, did he? No. Okay. Concerning to me. Right. Like, let's see some of these guys. Uh, I'm going to assume Andy Isabella, as are you. Okay, Andy. And we're both assume, assuming Greg Dortch, right? So that's yeah, five receivers. Greg Dortch, punt return or kick return. Okay. There we go. So that is five receivers. If you're keeping six, Antoine Wesley, but what if he's hurt? Do you only have five? Is there any way Victor Bolden makes this team? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. And that's going to be tough. Um, it is because he's played really, really well. Um, how about how about this? You want a surprise name? Josh Jones. To not make it? To not. Would that be a surprise okay, that would if be he a got surprise. cut? Now, stop and think about it. The The Cardinals right now, um, I, I know they have some some guys they really, really like. Now, Josh Jones, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think he's going to be cut. I do not think Josh Jones You're just saying some surprises to, to I'm just for. saying, yeah. if in fact there is a surprise, there somebody could build a case that was like, hey, listen, Justin Murray, based on his condition, how is Justin Murray? How's he doing right now? Somebody tell me that because he can play guard and tackle. You've got Cody Ford, obviously, another guy who can play guard and tackle. Um, so that would be you, something you, to watch. You probably didn't see this. I've got a few more guys, too. Well, we'll get back to no this. No time. You probably didn't see this during the broadcast because you were calling the game. But this is how big Cody Ford is, right? He was just standing there on the sidelines, just looking like Cody Ford. Just, okay, I'm just standing here being Cody Ford, right? And then he kind of moved for a second, and Cliff was just behind him holding the clipboard like Colin plays. Like, you couldn't even see Kingsbury yes. because Cody Ford oh is like goodness. a building standing in front of him. Stop it, Cody. Uh, all right, we'll get more into the uh, potential roster moves a little bit later on the show. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. One executive in the Western Conference has DeAndre Ayton in a potential trade to the Lakers. We'll react to that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Wolf, this is one of my favorite days, and I want to make sure I say this right, because I'm a big Sarah Cazell fan. But you and I have talked about this before. In our show, when we go from Zach Larson to Eric Ruby, 
it's the two extremes <laughs> of the updates, right? Because you just heard Zach. He's all professional. He's all newsy. He's all oh, the municipal infrastructure of uh, Kuala Lumpur. And, Love that. Yeah, and then you get Jam, and he's like, come here and let me yell sports in your face. You know what? It's kind of like Tom Brokaw meets Pantera. <laughs> On the same show. That's the thing. Love that. It switches over here in like a half hour and things just get crazy. Right now I feel all like buttoned up and professional with Zach. <laughs> and then Eric Ruby's going to come in here and yell so loud he's going to break the glass. Attack and gem, of course. Uh, didn't uh, didn't think that uh, we'd be talking much basketball today, Wolf. But uh, this is a, I don't even want to say this is a rumor, but this is just something that was thrown out there. Okay. And, and more, I'll say this before I read it. I don't think this would ever happen, but I want to get your thoughts on what on, on if you would even want it to happen, because okay. I, I did not have the reaction I would have had a couple years ago to this. Uh, this is on the heavy heavy dot com. They went through they were talking. I don't even they were talking about the Lakers and they were talking about LeBron's back and, you know, Patrick Beverly and blah, 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 blah. And then they were talking about Anthony Davis and how Anthony Davis is frustrating if you're a Lakers fan, because at times they say he's a top five player in the league. I don't know that he still is, but but they say when he's healthy, he's you know, he's a really good player, which is true. Really good player when he's healthy. But he just can't stay on the, on the court. It's just not healthy. Uh, so they say they spoke to a Western Conference executive. So this is not just some rando on the street who's like, hey, Lakers, this is a Western Conference executive. And that executive said, there, what about a possible deal where Davis gets sent to the Phoenix Suns for a package surrounding DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson? Here's, here's the quote from that executive. Quote, Phoenix would be an interesting fit, too. Once Aiton can be traded, they could do Cam Johnson and Aiton, something like that. I'm sure some in L.A. would expect a big return for Davis, but with the injuries the last few years, it would be tough to trade him. There's a lot of reasons why they'd keep him, but that is one you're not going to get fair value because of the injuries, unquote. I wouldn't do that trade if I was the Suns. Stop it. Come I, on. Right, I, first I, I of all, you, that. you know, here, here we got a guy. You say executive. Define executive, well, please. It's, it's Define executive, executive from the Western Conference. Right? Obviously works for the Lakers, number one. They wish. <laughs> they they wish this might happen right here. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Sorry. Oh, why? Why are you out? I, I'm not... Anthony Davis doesn't play. <laughs> now, it's. I want to be clear. It's not like uh, I don't look Just like, stop right there. Well, Just like, say it. Listen, you've got to be dependable. Yeah. You have to be available and you have to be dependable. When you're a professional athlete, those two things are very, very important. That you are available. That you play a lot. You play way, 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 way more times than not. You play. You're available. And guess what? When you're available, you're also dependable when you play. Okay? You know what? Honestly, right now, um, I'm I'm neither of those things. I'm not. I'm not going to make that trade ever in a million years. You're saying you're not dependable or available. No, I'm (laughs) saying on that deal right there. Yeah, this is one of those... I look at Anthony Davis, no way. This is one of those conversations that you have, and no matter what, you're angering Suns fans and Lakers fans, and there's a lot of Lakers fans in this city, so no matter what we say, Wolf, we're going to anger them. I... Anthony Davis, I'm just going to go right down the path here. I'm just going to go f- full disclosure. Anthony Davis is a better player than DeAndre Ayton. I don't think we anybody would deny that. If, you, if you're if you not a Suns fan, take a step back. Anthony Davis is a better player than DeAndre Ayton. But Anthony Davis has played 76 games total in the last two years. He just can't stay on the floor. He can't. And to just randomly be like, and we'll also throw in 
Cam Johnson and and the tone of this whole story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not story time with Luke. But if if you read the whole thing, the tone would be like, and the Suns would probably have to kick something else in. The Suns don't have to kick anything else in. Like, let's not get crazy here. The reason the Suns were involved in the Kevin Durant stuff is because that was Kevin Durant. I think the Phoenix Suns are more than happy just being like, all right, we don't get Kevin Durant. We'll just go with our team. We don't need to start trading all of those pieces to the Lakers of all teams, which is why this would never happen. These two teams would never make a blockbuster trade with each other. Yeah. For a guy that, that can't stay on the floor. Now, Anthony Davis, I, I truly do believe it's just injuries. I don't think it's a Ben Simmons thing where half the time he doesn't seem to want to play. But either way, he's not on the floor. I, You know what, though, honestly? I, when guys are not on the floor, I... I I wonder what's wrong with you right now. It's the same same thing with guys that aren't on the field. They're hurt all the time. Um, listen, there's physical ailments, of course. And then there are guys who just will not push the envelope at all. These are, he pushed these are, it more in New Orleans. These are types. They're out there. There are guys who, hey, listen, I'm not going to step on that floor. I'm not going to step on that field until I am 100% ready to go. There are guys that are really okay with taking that approach. And I think Anthony Davis is one of those guys who's really, really okay in terms of taking that approach. I'm not, I'm 98% right now, and I'm not going to play until I'm 100 well, I'm sorry. I don't know for sure. I have a sure. hard time respecting that. I don't know for sure if that's Anthony Davis or not, but as you're talking, I, I can definitely think of athletes that I do know or that I have covered that are very much of that mindset of, yes. I, I'd like to like to wait till I'm 100% before I'm out there. That's right. And, you know, whatever, that's fine. But a, a first of all, a DA for AD trade would just be confusing. It, initials alone, that would be confusing for everybody involved, right? If you could tell me, hey, Anthony Davis is going to be healthy and he's going to play next year, and would you rather have him or DeAndre Ayton just a straight-up swap? I mean, I like DA. Anthony Davis is a better player. But I just don't think the Suns have to get crazy. Here's AD's games played over the last... This is his entire okay. career, okay? I'm sure. going to go year by year. Sure. Now, some of these, you know, there was a shortened season in there. One of them was his rookie year. But I don't see one 82-game season from him, okay? There you go. 60, 66, 68, 61, 75, 75, 56, 62, 36, 40. There you go. It's an 82 game There season. you have it right there. There's a lot of guys, again, that aren't going to play unless they're 100%. Now, I, I will tell you this right now. If I am an organization, I'm going to tell a guy you're not going to play until you're 100%. <laughs> I'm going to tell a guy that. We're talking about this in regard to Anthony Davis. We're talking about players making that decision. I'm not going to play until I'm 100%. I mean, there are guys, I I believe last year, Chris Paul, hey, Chris, you sit down, Chris Paul. You're hurt right now. You sit down. We don't want you back, too. You are 100%. And I think we all know why. We understand that in the regular season. If an organization is going to tell you that, that's fine. I'm talking about the individual player who makes the decision, you know what? I'm not going to play until I am 100%. I think Anthony Davis is one of those guys who's really okay. I'm not going to rush it back ever. And I don't respect that. Now, if you had told me that this were an actual trade the year D.A. was getting drafted, if you had said, go ahead and trade the number one pick to New Orleans at that time and you get Anthony Davis, I would have done it. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm partially surprised at how quickly when I read this, I was like, I'm not doing that. Because Anthony Davis, three, four years ago, yeah, I would have done that. Anthony Davis is an old 
29. He's an old 29. Uh, you're right. DA is 24. Anthony Davis, when he plays, is absolutely one of the, I don't know, three best big men in basketball. He's basically like a point guard in a big man's body, but the problem is he that is big man's okay. body keeps breaking down. Yeah. He is when he's okay. He's, he is when he's 100%. The problem is he's rarely 100%. All right. We have uh, avoided the next conversation for the entire show so far, Wolf. But when we come back, we have to get into what exactly is going to happen with the cornerback room for the Arizona Cardinals because it was a question mark and it is even more of a question mark now. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Jalen Thompson, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. They think Jalen Thompson has become one of the best safeties in football. Dumps it off near side, and it's picked off at the 30 by Thompson, running it back near side, 20, 15, 10, 5, he dies for the pylon. He's a silent assassin, man. He doesn't say much, but he's always kind of thirsting for knowledge since he got here. I think he is the most overlooked player on our team. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. I'm not even going to play the, hey, if you had one big question you'd like answered going into week one, what is it? Because I think pretty much everybody around the Cardinals, Cardinals fans all had the same question going into camp. And it has not been answered. In fact, I would say I feel a little bit worse about the corner position now than I did when camp started. Because when camp started, it was, you got Byron Murphy, you got Marco Wilson, maybe Antonio Hamilton steps up. And just based on what we have seen and what we've heard from Cliff, Marco Wilson took a step back and Antonio Hamilton took a step in front of him. But now Antonio Hamilton's not playing right now. Yeah. Can, can I just say right now, Luke, I, I have to disagree with the premise that the cornerback room to me is the biggest issue as well. Coming into this season, I really did believe defensively the fulcrum, the tipping point for whether or not this defense was going to be good or not really rested on the shoulders of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Yeah, that's fair. And that, for me, that's that's my own right in the middle area of, the of concern, okay. okay? Now, the corner room, of course. Listen, I, the reason why I'm not overly concerned is because of Byron Murphy and because of Marco Wilson. And how well both of those guys played for 12 weeks. Again, and they weren't alone. Everybody seemed to take a crash in the last third of the season. Everybody, offensively and defensively. I I don't know what to say about it. At the time, we were all freaking out. All I know is I've never seen anything like that happen two years in a row the way it did for the Arizona Cardinals. And there were a lot of people who did not play the way they had played in the first two-thirds of the season. You know, it's funny. This is totally, no, it's not totally off topic because you just kind of brought it up. Somebody did tweet me over the weekend, and I'm sorry because I forget who it was, but they were like, if the Cardinals had Trace McSorley two years ago in those last two games when Kyler was hurt, they make the playoffs. He wins one of them. Now, who knows? Who knows? But I'm just, only because you brought up how the last two seasons end. Sure. But but what you're saying with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, is that still your biggest question mark? Or that's what it was going into camp? You know, honestly, right now, yeah, it's still the biggest question mark. Zayvon Collins did not get a lot of reps. Yeah, He did did not. uh, It wasn't like you could look at Zayvon Collins and say, man, I guarantee I feel great going into the Kansas City game with Zayvon Collins as the Mike linebacker. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not true. trying to be dramatic in saying that. I, I, I'm not. Um, Isaiah Simmons, is he going to make plays? Listen, I, I don't care if he's not playing the weak side inside linebacker. 
You call him the star backer, and you're going to move him all over the place, and that's fine. That's what you're going to do. I want Isaiah Simmons to make plays that change games. Does that make sense? I think he's. I don't already care done where that. he's lined up. Yeah, but I, make wouldn't plays you say that he's already done that game. in his career? I, I hear what you're well, saying. You want him more consistent well, on a game to game basis, yeah. but not season to season. Now that you've said game to game basis, I, see, now you how, just keep am saying I doing it. well on this. You're now? just showing I mean, off every segment. Off game I'm to game doing basis. so well. He <laughs> was going to take it on a case by case basis. <laughs> Uh, all right. I can say it. I can say it correctly. So anyways, listen, uh, I'm not trying to diminish what's going on at corner because it is it is kind of disconcerting. Well, it's heightened when you when you play who they play to start the season, too. Everything but it, but is, it's I guess what I'm saying is it's not like I ever and, and this is all due respect to a guy who's been a pro for a long time in Antonio Hamilton. Okay. He's he's 29 years old. Yeah. This guy has been around. He has been a pro. But it's not like I looked at Antonio Hamilton as this great um, corner. Well, that's uh, fair. I mean, and yeah. again, I, I, no disrespect to this man whatsoever. He is a good football player, but I never saw him as a starter for the most part. Okay, but I always saw him as a number four corner. You got Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. Those two guys are started. Guess what? They were two of your three starters last year. So those are the guys that I want to see step up and play correctly. Yes, we're all concerned about the corner room. There's no denying that. But wouldn't you say, though, that what we have seen over the last month was either or maybe both Antonio Hamilton step up? And he made plays last year, too, to the point where you could at least feel comfortable with him as your number three corner. Or have we seen Cliff Kingsbury either get frustrated or lose a little confidence in or at least try to send a message to Marco Wilson? Because it, it yeah. felt like, I mean, Cliff said flat out, Antonio Hamilton had passed Marco Wilson, and we haven't seen Antonio Hamilton anymore. Yeah, and, and, and here's Cliff after the game on Saturday, and, and if, go ahead and try and decipher this one. He was asked about the the state of the corner room. We got to see what's what's out there, I think. Um, Ham, that was an unexpected uh, situation, and, um, you know, made, makes the numbers look really thin, uh, looking at week one, possibly. So uh, we'll see how everything plays out over the next couple of days, and, and, and I'm sure we will be um, looking heavily to see what's out there. Okay, so a couple things. Cliff, I feel like, has said a few times this offseason, we're thin at corner, which is not typically something Cliff says about anything. I don't think he needs to send a message to Steve Kime. I think Steve Kime's aware. But Cliff, for as much as he speaks median, we've heard a few times this offseason, yeah, we are thin at that position. But the thing that worries me in there is what he said about Antonio Hamilton when he said, Ham... And then you said it was unexpected. Yeah, for me, he, you listen, I don't know what's going on with Antonio Hamilton. I have heard zero in regard to what is going on with Antonio Hamilton. I, I will tell you right now that, again, the reason why I'm not concerned about it is Marco Wilson. I think Marco Wilson is going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. I think they've been challenging Marco Wilson for a reason. I think he's going to be fine. I think Byron Murphy is going to be fine. They were the two of the three starters again last year. What I think is going to happen, and, and again, think what I know better happen. <laughs> That's a better way of saying it. What I know <laughs> going there for a second. better happen is Steve Kimes going to make a trade of some sorts. And the corner they bring in, I think, will be better 
than Antonio Hamilton. It, I, I think so at this that's point, why I'm not so concerned about the corner room. It's got to be a trade at this point. Like, I would be, I will feel you, better. You heard Cliff right there at the very beginning of that cut. Play it again. What did he say? We're going to see. We got to see what's, what's out there, I think. Um, Ham, Stop it. That was an unexpected. But, we got to see what's out there. But is he talking about who's going to be available after one o'clock tomorrow, or is he talking about? Because honestly, well, I make all of it. We are at the point now where I would make a trade for a corner and I would pick up a corner, and you're going to have to piece this together over the course of the season because yep. I feel good about Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson. I felt good about, and I'm not saying that I can't again feel good about him, but it seems like at least Cliff is a little okay. I got to see more from this guy. Whatever it is, they're challenging him for a reason, Luke. But even if he steps up and is your number two corner. I would still have liked to have Antonio Hamilton, and they maybe they do, but that didn't sound real encouraging right there. No, Cliff. it did not. Uh, but even if, let's say, even if you have Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and Antonio Hamilton, I still think you need somebody. But if there's any question about Marco Wilson in Cliff's mind or any question about Antonio Hamilton's availability, I think you got to trade for somebody because, and I got this this feedback a lot too. Anytime I bring this up, hey, maybe they'll pick somebody up. People are like, you think you're going to pick up a corner with a week and a half left in the season that you're then going to be able to plug in against Patrick Mahomes in week one and feel good? And you know what? Probably not. You're probably going to have to trade for somebody. You're going to have to trade for somebody, I think. And I think that is coming. And again, I'm assuming... That is coming. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> when I say it that way, suddenly I look at myself like, you know what they say about people who assume? We all know that. So I think I, but I can assume in this case they're adding I'm a corner. I'm assuming that is coming. And um, that's the reason why I'm not that concerned. Again, when you talk about my concern, it's Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons and them playing and making plays. That change games. That's what I want to see because those two guys have the ability to do just that. And again, if if Zayvon Collins, um, what are you going to do with Zayvon Collins? What are you going to do with him when this this game against the Chiefs starts? I, I think they're going to run him out there. I'd run him out there. That'd be the first thing I'd do. I'd run him out there. Man, let's see how this first and ten goes. Let's see how it goes. And you know what? If it goes well, hey, let's go with second let's and see seven. How second and nine goes. <laughs> we'll go with second and seven. How's that going to go right there? And then, you know, third and obvious, I think maybe you move him to the edge, or maybe all of a sudden he's taken off the field and you bring somebody else in. I don't know what's going to happen here, but those two young guys have so much talent. If you tell me they're not playing or playing well, man, your defense has got question marks. That almost sounds like with Zayvon Collins, you're going to take it on a play-by-play basis. Is that is that That's, what I'm hearing from you? He was going to take it on a base-by-base cases. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll take you to the top oh, stories of the day with Wolfing Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. He was going to take it on a base-by-base cases.